I might end up linking you to something. Okay. Uh, just to let you know about one thing that this album does that I'm going to talk about later. But oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, whenever you're you're good, I guess if we're just going to go right into it whenever. Fuck yeah. I mean, we're recording already, so... Okay, know. let's just talk about it now. This People is are already listening. A, <laughs> technically, this is a BS podcast, so we don't have to prepare this like it's a real thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome, everybody who's listening, if you are listening. There's about four of you, I know. Um, yeah, so I, I suppose the, the subject of this particular... Um, which, by the way, I, these get more listens than I thought. Like, you know, I was looking at, really? I went through the Tumblr mm. uh, way back, and I saw BS Podcast 1 and 2. They get about, you know, 40 listens each, which is not bad for something that's, that's, not bad. that's just kind of sitting there. Yeah, I mean, this probably won't end up on the Tumblr, <laughs> if only because of the fact that it will probably go best part of an hour. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it will go <laughs> on know. the uh, the archive, and then I'll, we well, can post, I'll post a link in the Tumblr Facebook or something. And... Yeah. Who knows, maybe I can get Stephen Smith to comment me again. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Fun fact, uh, in the mid-2000s, my favorite show to watch on television was Stephen's Untitled Rock Show, which was um, an alt-rock show that gave on Fuse every 3 o'clock, Monday through Friday on Fuse TV. I watched it every time I came home from school. Mm. Uh, The show eventually got canceled, but I did... um, I did get to meet him at a Warped Tour one, Stephen Smith, the host of Stephen's Huddle Rock Show. And I did a fan-off blog about it like four years ago. And it got uh, linked to and mentioned by both Stephen Smith and the producer of the show, Bruce McDonald. Not bad. Yeah, and so I was like super nerdy about that because like (laughs) – and now I randomly, offhandedly mentioned Stevenson Title Rock Show on Twitter, and Stephen Smith just m- at messaged me back about it. Man, dude, cool. stalking you! Like you know, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago on um, on Gen Animation that we're we're going on a massive diatribe on different things here. It's but a, fuck a, it, why a, this not? Is it's how BS. podcasts are supposed to work. Um, I I mentioned um, Preston Wrestling something or other. I can't remember the name of the organization. Um, yeah. It turns out that they kind of heard the show because out of nowhere they just started following me which is really <laughs> weird to think that somebody from Preston Wrestling Federation is, is actually like a listener to Generation Animation it's the strangest tangent I've ever known in my life um, but you never you know, know who's listening you don't like, the, sh- the show is surprising like you know Gen N doesn't get a lot of feedback but the numbers like do super like like obviously we don't have RBR numbers we don't have Mike and Maria numbers No I mean we won't go uh, into them and bore the listeners We don't even have hideous with... energy numbers but no. we do pretty good for ourselves We're approaching certain shows in terms of popularity and you know I I love all of our listeners we all do but I'm not <laughs> yeah. saying that like oh no I love the listeners but nobody else in the, on the show actually does we we all love the listeners <laughs> um and I'm not so just why, saying that why, because why are we like just rambling by the way um, the... I, well I don't know probably because we listened to an album by a dead guy uh, <laughs> last week and we wanted to decide whether his version uh, of the album was better than somebody else's um, I, we're talking I, about I have Michael a lot Jackson. to say on this album and yeah. uh, if I'm not mistaken we're going to go through this thing track by track absolutely yeah yeah. Um, for those who aren't sure we are going to be talking about the Xscape album which was released posthumously by Michael Jackson obviously not by him um, but on his behalf um, it's uh, kind of a reimagining of a lot of old material that he recorded before his death obviously um, but the deluxe edition of the CD actually has all of the old versions of the tracks as well and that's ah, what we this is to where I'm getting annoyed <laughs> uh, go on then <laughs> okay so they put 
they put under parentheses original versions for the deluxe version. Right. And some of them are, but there are three tracks in particular. One that it's glaringly obvious where that's not the case. Mm. And I don't know if I should just say them now or just go as we go. Basically, some of those original quote-unquote versions are not the original versions. I'm just going to put it, leave it at that. No, let's go into that now. <laughs> which three are the guilty three? Because they the might... most obvious one is Do You Know Where Your Children Are, which is actually my favorite song on the album. Yeah. Uh, the original version actually ends with a big guitar solo by Slash, who is not on this version. Oh. On top of that, Do You Know Where Your Children Are and Blue Gangster are both on his last uh, post-death Michael Jackson album, simply titled Michael. The one that Akon had a song with Michael Jackson on. Ah, uh, Akon, whatever happened to him? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he's gone. Yeah, uh, bye-bye. <laughs> he's a horrible human being. Have you heard his songs? Uh, I, I wouldn't call someone a horrible human being because they have bad you music. You can put the blame on me, even though the blame's on you. Like, <laughs> Oh, dear, oh, dear. That, no, he is a horrible person, now that yeah. I've heard those lyrics. <laughs> I don't listen to Akon, so now that you've made me aware of him, I never have to listen to him again. That's good. Yeah, but... um. The uh, the other two are only slightly modified. Blue Gangster and right. um, oh man, I forgot the third one. Uh, but do you know where your children are? Is the biggest obvious example, and the true original version is better than both versions on this album. That's a uh, shame. Because uh, there's one thing that this uh, that the the, the um, well, I want to talk about more in detail when we go through each individual song. Mm, but mm. Uh, for the record. The best version of Do You Know Where Your Children Are is not on this album. It's on the Michael album that came out like three years ago. So go and get that. Yeah, that's another thing. There's three songs on here. That's what I meant. There's two songs that I know were, were not the original. But there are three songs on here that are previous versions have been released. They're not all, there are only five brand new songs on here. Blue mm-hmm. Gangster and um, Do You Know Where Your Children Are were on Michael. And um, Slave to the Rhythm, there was a version of it released with Justin Bieber on it. Oh my uh, god. Why? <coughs> Released about two years ago. Oh, fuck that dude. Seriously. Jesus. Like someone decided, like, you know what would be great? If Michael Jackson collaborated with Justin Bieber. <laughs> in terms of music, it makes sense because I will get to it more in a second. But Slave to the Rhythm is his most modern song on the album. Mm, uh, no. But, yeah. But, yeah. Agree. Technically, this song has been out for two years if you don't mind a few of the verses and lines sung by Justin Bieber. Uh, yeah, I do mind that kind of thing, so I won't be listening <laughs> to that version. Um, okay, a, a little word on, on the format of how we're going to do this. Obviously, you've already said we're going to kind of go through track by track. Um, this may or may not work, but what I'm going to try and do is play the tracks underneath our conversation so that people can get an idea of how it sounds. But with us talking over the top, it means that they can't just download it and then listen to it as a song so i wish like we could do something like this on the regular but it's almost impossible to post this as an official podcast because i wanted to do a music podcast for so long but it's almost impossible to talk about music without having Mm. it play i mean the thing is you can play like 30 45 seconds of a song under fair use policy but to play a whole track um completely um unedited is just impossible without the right licensing but if you're talking over the top of it i think you kind of negate that although i'm not sure um, so we might just cut it to like 20-30 seconds so people get an idea well, of the Well, we're song. not officially posting this under the fan-off banner. This is no, just no, me no. and Dave. We're just, you uh, know, shits and giggles. And, yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that. Um, anyway, so uh, the first song up would be uh, Love Never Felt So Good. So uh, I'm going to queue up the original version here. 
and um, there we go, that started playing. So, uh, Felipe, did you prefer this original version, or did you... Sorry, did... <laughs> let me start again on that. Do you like this version, or did you actually prefer the original version? There we go. This is, this is weird, because the thing is, this song is very... Uh, it's kind of bland, honestly. Uh, yeah. If it's very off the wall, Michael. Which off mm. the wall, Michael is kind of mediocre, Michael. <laughs> but mediocre, Michael is probably ninety nine percent better than ninety nine percent of other people out there. I know, Just but uh, <laughs> basically, like you know, you think of the greatest things Michael Jackson has ever written a song. Stuff like "Rock with You" is not does not cut it. Mm. Uh, it's fine. It's kind of cheesy in a way. It's uh, the original, it's, it, if I'm not mistaken, is just kind of like a snap beat, simple beat song. Yeah, we're going to go and listen to the original version now. Uh, so there's this one. Like, I'm guessing the, the deluxe version is, is very close to what like the true version would have sounded like. Mm, mm. But there's something really great about just Michael and, a, and just a simple singing. Uh, he did this on Oprah once. Keep in mind, I'm a huge Michael Jackson nerd. Uh, <laughs> uh Fun fact, when I was three years old, I had a red uh, Beat It jacket, and whenever the music video would play on MTV, I'd go, Mommy, Mommy, get me my jacket. Like, uh, <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I love me some Michael Jackson. Uh, I have rec I recorded on VHS when I was younger the entire M MJ MTV weekend, which is like his concert in Budapest. Wow. Or Bucharest, sorry. Bucharest. Bucharest uh, his... A bunch of music videos, uh, the behind the scenes of the making of Scream, um, an episode of the Jackson 5 cartoon, and we should talk about that one day. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we probably will. I mean, I, I, what I like about the um, original version, like you said, it's just basically just him and the piano just you know singing, and it's a great song, and you can kind of feel where he's coming from with it. And then the the version that comes on the um, the, the the new version, shall we call it? Um, it just feels like it's got a little bit of extra depth, like they've taken the bones and they've just added some meat to it. And it's basically exactly the same song, but it kind of capitalizes on that kind of disco thing that came in in the last couple of years with like Pharrell and Daft Punk and artists like that who have really kind of taken yeah, disco and revived it. that's the thing about this it. being the promoted single, because it is, it feels like they're trying to, I don't want to say leech, but feed off the, the Daft Punk, Pharrell, mm. uh, modern funk uh, flow that is popular. Mm. Yeah, I, I can understand that. But then, you know, thinking about it, Michael Jackson is kind of like the the guy that was. I've just faded that out there because we can't listen to the whole thing. Um, he's one of the like, the originators of of that kind of music. Anyway, you listen to the Off the Wall album, like you were saying earlier, and it's it's got songs that are very kind of like pop rhythmy, but they've got disco elements to them. And this just feels like they almost like the original, uh, sorry, the new version of Love Never Felt So Good. It just kind of takes it back to that original sound in a way. And that's why I like that, because it, it feels a lot more kind of like original Michael just coming out of Jackson 5 and doing his single thing. Yeah, but... it, it, it's, it's fine. It's what it is. <laughs> but I don't know. They're better off the wall style uh, Michael Jackson songs. Uh, yeah. Working day and night and stuff like that. Hmm. I don't know. It's it's fine for what it is, but it I it like there are only two songs on here that would actually like maybe three or four that would actually put on a Michael Jackson like full LP. Hmm. Like and this isn't one of them. It it's fine for what it is. It's it's a nice little nostalgia bit, but 
I don't know. I just never – I didn't really dug it because it's just so – it's so old to Michael Jackson. <laughs> like, you know, nothing wrong with like off-the-wall era Michael Jackson. Hmm. It's just – I don't know. You feel it's, like he moved on and maybe the album doesn't reflect the fact that he was yeah, a constantly because, evolving like, I artist. Like, I love – like, you know, nothing wrong with Thriller, Michael Jackson also. But I think the – Bad slash dangerous era Michael mm. are my favorite Michaels. Yeah, because yeah. um, he has this hard me, edge yeah. to his voice, and yeah, uh, the songs are very unique and differing. Mm. Mm. I I think that bad and dangerous are kind of categorized by the fact that you know bad was very much him kind of like you listen to the actual songs like um, he's bad he, he's kind of fallen out of love with the whole kind of press and fame and everything and he's just saying just fucking leave me alone like you know as the song says um, <laughs> yes. and then you know Dangerous was very much him just kind of like he used his music as an answer to his critics and t- saying look I don't really care what you think but you know this this is how well, I he feel he did that like constantly subjects. have you ever heard the song uh, Tabloid Junkie off History I haven't no it, the entire song is just a big F you to the whole like Star Globe tabloid style uh, <laughs> media in general. Good boy, Michael. Good boy. The, the chorus just shows over and over again. Just because you read it in a magazine or see it on a TV screen, don't make it actual, factual. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are nerding out over Michael. Um, right. So, um, judgment on the first track. Do you prefer? If we're building our kind of ultimate album Here's what do you the prefer problem. the original version quote unquote is technically a demo it's not a finished thing mm. but there's something about it that i just enjoy better and especially as an open to an album mm-hmm. i think you don't have to like if this wasn't quote unquote the single mm. i think as a because opening tracks you can you have a lot of liberty with it doesn't have to be a real song per se yeah so I think I would prefer the original as an opening track, which this is. Okay, so we are already diverging because I actually preferred the uh, the new version. What there. do you think of the Justin Timberlake version? Do you know, I listened to it and I thought to myself, this is, it's good, but it's too busy. It's like, I, if, if you're going to like the original version of the song because of how simple it is, and you know, I like the new version because it kind of adds a bit more of a disco feel to it, I just feel like the Timberlake version just pushes it way, way over the top of where it needs to be. And I've never been a big Timberlake fan anyway, so I don't really want to hear him singing what sounds like a, a love duet with Michael Jackson. This is kind of a bit of a weird one. When you, thi- when you think about what that song, what, you know, the lyrics to that song and the fact that they're singing it to each other, like one verse each, it just, it's just a bit weird. For some reason, I don't mind it so much, but I think mostly because the other two times Michael has "quote unquote" collaborated with a superstar post death mm. is Akon and Justin Bieber, and so I'm like, well, compared <laughs> to the other two, true. But you know, and also like, there's that big story about how um, originally I, I think Michael wanted to um, do a duet with Prince on uh, was it bad. I think it was bad that he wanted to... There's a lot of stories out there about Michael Jackson potentially collaborating with a bunch of people. Mm. There's a great story. Uh, the other day, my dad was watching a, a documentary on Freddie Mercury. Ah. And he was going to do a song that was going to be on Thriller with, with Michael oh, Jackson. But man. the problem was when he was recording, he was recording with a llama in the studio. So Freddie Mercury just goes, nope, I like you, Michael. You're my friend, but I'm not recording with a llama in the studio. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Michael, you daft bastard. <laughs> I would have loved we, to hear Freddie Mercury on a Michael Jackson track. 
Oh. It would have happened if not for that. Silly llamas. Oh, uh, where's my llama? Oh, dear. Anyway, uh, right, okay, so we've decided on our first track for the album. So the second track is uh, Chicago. So here's how the uh, the new version of Chicago sounds, for those who haven't heard it. I call it the duck version. <laughs> for obvious reasons. Chicago is weird to me in that it's another, it's, I think, off, even though I said Slave to the Room is probably his most modern song, I think this is the most recent one because this one was recorded for Invincible, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Right. Uh, a thing about uh, Chicago is I find most of it boring except for the chorus. Mm. Yeah, no, it's a very slow song. Um, also, with his past history i i'm not sure if this song lyrically is the best that he could ever put out obviously he's dead he doesn't get a choice to really say about any, any of that but i don't know it's like first of all like michael jackson was never a ladies man um, well you got to consider like at least musically he consistently tried even if he doesn't get them tried to get <laughs> the women good point it is a good point yeah. i mean Heck, the moment you said that, the first words out of my head were, You knock me off of my feet now, baby. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> no, good point. Good point. That's uh, that, that's the that's the um, the new version of Chicago. Here is the original version. Oh, if I can get it playing. Here we go. The funny thing about the, the new version, you've got to consider this was 1999, 2000. This was the era of uh, weird... Uh, the the late ninety or two thousand not a good time for R and B, like the like I, we mentioned offhandedly during uh, the Kim Possible episode, the era of the Ashantis and the Eesh. yeah <laughs> we did <laughs> and the Mayas and um, yeah and nothing wrong with them as singers, but that production of the time like mm. of R and B with with it, it just seems so off listening to it now. Mm. Is a stranger. I, I actually prefer this version, and I think it's mainly because of the aforementioned duck. I really <laughs> didn't like the duck sound effect. I know it's probably not meant to be a duck, but that's just how it sounds. And this just kind of feels like, again, like old school Michael. Just I, I don't know. I can't place it, but it's it's him. It's his sound among many sounds that yeah, he has. Yeah, again, the chorus story. is the best part of this song. It is, yeah, but um, then. You, you, you get the feeling with, with this uh, version, at, le at least instrumentally, that um, the whole song is meant to be very kind of like... It, it's not a quick-paced song. It's got a definite rhythm to it. And I feel like the modern version kind of messes with that rhythm a little bit. And maybe that's why the chorus is the only bit that really sounds that interesting, because that's when it speeds up a bit. Yeah. I, I don't know. Both versions, I honestly... And again, I, I don't want to seem so negative on this album because, again, I really like this chorus and it's good to hear Michael again. But again, there are reasons why these are scraps. Mm. Um, and just this, again, the only really real thing I liked about it is the chorus. However, comparing the two chorus hooks and the way they're done, if I'm only judging it on that, I would prefer the original. Cool. Well, I preferred the original as well, so we have agreed. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, the third track up on the album is uh, Loving You which uh, you can hear piping in now and um, Loving You is the most forgettable track on this entire thing it is it is um, I mean I kind of here's 
the problem with this out this song is the way Michael sings it and the and the it's very the girl is mine. Mm, no, I know what you mean. Um, I think uh, I I like the instrumental on this version of the track. I, I think it's got that punch to it, which really kind of catches me. And the chorus is fantastic. But again, that's just Michael for you. He'll just construct a really fantastic chorus for a song. Yeah, um, but again, like but the it whole is feel of it, like, you know, I'm expecting Paul McCartney to sing the second verse. <laughs> or Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think this does really suffer in that I think a lot of the other songs in the album are more memorable. And this is... I, I would never want to call something by Michael Jackson filler, but I mean it's more filler than thriller, that's for certain. Um, and I didn't just like. The thing write is, that down. it's not like Michael Jackson doesn't put effort into the songs that don't become releases. I mean, mm. have you heard? Like, I uh, two years ago, or I think a year ago actually, was the 25th anniversary of the Bad Album, mm. and not just um, stuff that was in uh the album itself but also like b-sides from the album are fantastic oh yeah uh <laughs> yeah i mean the guy's prolific uh, there's stories on the remaster of um his older albums uh you know quincy jones is on th those remasters and he's talking about stories and he said you know we we put this album together and we had like 25 tracks and we had to go through them and basically cull like two-thirds of them and they could have put three albums out and it would have been just as good a quality um and, you know, that, that's kind of... It's cool from the point of view that, thinking about it, you know, if those tracks hadn't come out yet, then we've got so much more material that can be released posthumously. Um, I get the feeling it probably has all come out at some point or other, though. Yeah, and, like, what's funny is I actually watched the Escape the Producers documentary mm. that they put on YouTube in seven parts, and they were talking with Quincy Jones, the guy who decided to do this. Mm. And he said, like, I only want the best of my... Like, we've come through tons of stuff. We only did, like, the songs that are finished and the songs that, you know, Michael would have liked to hear. And my problem with that is if he wanted us to hear it, he would have put it on an album. Yeah, <laughs> Just... yeah. But then, yeah, artists don't want to oversaturate the market too much, I suppose. Yeah, like... on top of that, like, I hear crazy stories about how much a perfectionist Michael Jackson is. Oh, Christ, yeah. I, someone that's that influential in music and it is that popular and that successful you have to have very high standards and um you know from stuff i've heard um mainly again from the likes of quincy jones uh jackson was a massive perfectionist so yeah i don't have any trouble believing that if something wasn't completely up to snuff then he would just bin it and never consider bringing it out mm -hmm. uh, but, but when it comes to the topic of old versus new mm. i honestly couldn't tell you because i've heard this like i've went through this album at least five six times mm. repeating the the songs that i do like on repeat i must admit yeah uh and just this this song just keeps slipping my mind i couldn't tell you <laughs> anything about it mm. I, I i the only thing i could say really listening to those two back now and the notes that i've made about it before i i went for the new version of it just because it seemed like it was a bit more up to date but it still sounded like something that Michael would put out if he was around today and just the drums kind of just uh, the, the percussion in that song just kind of grab you there's it's very punchy you know um, yeah but if you don't listen to it for more than five minutes you kind of either forget about it or you replace it with one of the other songs in your head um, which again you know it's an eight track album plus uh, God knows how many other uh, original versions 
you're going to forget certain songs. It's just what happens. Um, now, speaking of songs that you forget or come back into your mind, the fourth track, uh, A Place With No Name. Which, ah, this yeah. is uh, interesting. Uh there's obvious parallels to draw. Well, you don't really hear it in the new version, but you really hear it in the modern version that this song is pretty much a, a weird retelling slash reorganizing of a horse with no name. It is. It is. I, I picked that up not when I listened to this version, but when I listened to the original version. Um, it, it is most definitely just a modern version of a horse with no name. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'll cue the, the new one up now, the, the old one up, sorry. And just turn it up a little bit yeah. because the new one has that like funky bass rhythm that mm. you know it's cool but you don't really get the idea of the song until you hear the original version with the acoustic guitars however having said that when you do realize what it is listening to the original almost kind of makes it cheesy and i'm kind of glad they downplay it in the modern version the whole western mm. idea yeah although i i really like hearing a song which i mean this is blatantly a horse with no name and I like the fact that Jackson has covered something. Like, I haven't heard him cover too many songs by other artists. Well, it's not really a cover. Like, granted, the verses sound identical, but it's a brand new chorus. Oh, yeah, no, that definitely is. But, you know, I, I just think, um, you know, it sounds very recognisable. The guitar riff that we're listening to now, that is most definitely Horse With No Name. Um, so, you know, it's his own spin on something. You know, you, you often have artists that will cover something and they'll completely change it. Others will keep it exactly the same. And you get others like Michael Jackson that they'll keep certain aspects of it and they'll take other aspects that don't work for them and they'll change them, like this chorus. What I love about this chorus is that, that Jackson just goes right on the border of going too far with his vocal range. Like, right in that, when he goes, oh, please! Like, he's right about <laughs> to go, like, over the top Michael mode, but he kind of brings it back a little bit. Yeah. No, like not, like I talk about how much I like just like in your face and Michael Jackson, and I do. But there are times when it needs to be slightly dialed back. Mm, mm. Yeah, no, I, I like this. It's a nice relaxed tune, and I, I mean, I I went for this version, the old version, the original, over the. I went with the modern, if only oh, because really? while I I like the idea, and I know that's the original idea, just to be uh, a different take on a horse with no name. Mm. The, the 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 full on like acoustic guitar westerniness about it borderlines on cheesy, and so like I feel like just getting rid of that undertone of western with the modern take, mm. I actually prefer. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. I mean, I I do like the fact that it's something different. I, you know, I wasn't expecting to hear something like this on the album, um, and you know that's why I ended up going for the uh, the original version because. It's just a change of pace, and I I like that it was mixed up enough. You know, they they it it lends. You know, when when you've got an entire album which is like synthesized pop, it's very difficult to tell one from the other. Um, and you know, I don't know I'm a nerd genre. for these kind of things, and so like, you know, I can listen to a whole Lady Gaga album straight and tell you which tracks are better than others. Like, yeah, no, I I could as well. <laughs> None of them. Um, <laughs> you have. I'm, we can go for a while here. I'm just gonna leave this die. <laughs> no, it, it's okay. It's okay. I, I don't mind Lady Gaga, but her newer stuff is um, not my taste. Her newer stuff is better than the last stuff you put out. Uh, yeah, We're but this way the first album was horrible. The first <laughs> album was the best one that she put out, bar none. And I'm not an expert first on album, her. But... The first album had her best songs, but her worst songs also. 
yeah, inconsistent. Now she's just consistently average. That's what I'm going to anyway, say. Anyway. So I'm spoiling for Gaga, a fight. So. Yeah. Um, okay, should we move on then to track number five, which is uh, one of the more recognizable tracks on the album. It was uh, Slave to the Rhythm. Okay, right off the bat with the modern version. Um, the chain rattling <laughs> uh, with the literal picture of slaves. Yeah. I mean, it's something MJ is known to do. Oh, God, yeah. But it's a little... I don't know. I was a little off-put by that, especially what the rest of the song is just a fun dance song. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I never really lent much thought to the sound of chains. I've not seen any um, any videos pertaining to uh, this album, so I. The only know. music video out there is the Bieber one. Oh, thank God! I can ignore it for the rest of my days. Um, I like this song. It's nice and fun, um, which might not be something to say about a song which is kicked off with the sound of chains and references to slaves but I do like it I, I think it's got good instrumentation um, I, I think that it's got the same kind of spirit and tone as the original it's just updated and um, you know th- this is where they do it right yeah apparently this song was recorded during Dangerous which is insane to me because wow like this song sounds like something could be played at least two or three years ago, it could have been put out. If this was the lead-off single to Invincible instead of... Uh, oh, what was the lead-off single to Invincible? Uh, she Rocks My World? Mm-hmm. Like, I imagine, like, Invincible would have sold more than it actually did. Mm. Yeah, so I... This song sounds so modern compared to uh, the rest of the tracks on the album. Even think... the original as well. Like, there's something about the the way the 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 verses handle like the high lows, and then he hits you with like this big um, bridge in the middle of the song mm. uh, with the she works <laughs> like you know that that section. She really he really pushes his voice to the edge and then goes yeah. way beyond the edge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to queue up the original version now because um, I just want to just. Con- uh, contrast the original version to the new version so people can see where we're going with this which, whole... by the way, the original version starts with a whip which is a lot less uh, in your face about it <laughs> oh yeah yeah crackers brilliant <laughs> uh, it takes a while to get going the original version um, but you know when you listen to this version the original version of Slave to the Rhythm you do understand more how this could have been done around about the same time as Dangerous because it does have that same kind of sound to it What's the funny is There's the first the time I heard this, I thought I, I thought it was I thought this song was meant to fade out immediately after the end of Earth Song, because the the way it ends it's almost begins it's almost like the ending of Earth Song, mm. with that big high note thing. Oh, you want you want, you want to talk <laughs> about not... Michael Jackson pushing issues with songs? Jesus Christ, Earth Song! Wow. Oh, I have a lot to talk about this when we get into the next one. So. <laughs> 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 okay, all right. Well, I, I guess then um, we'll, we'll speed ahead with that, and we'll just well. Say... Actually, let's talk about the whole point of doing this. I prefer the modern version because it sounds modern. Uh, yep. I believe Timbaland is the producer on this, and it sounds like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like something that could be on the radio. Heck, today. Mm. Yeah, no, uh, which I'm, is I'm probably with you. why this is the song that when they did the Billboard hologram that this is the song they chose. <laughs> No, it's. I believe it's the song they're also using for the Sony mobile phone adverts in the UK. I don't know if they're using them in the US as well, but they are using it for a lot of their um, promotional stuff over here. Um, and I also went for the modern track. I just felt that it sounded more up to date, and uh, it just it, it 
it does sound like the same song. I mean, you know, it doesn't mess with it too much. And there are some songs like uh, Place With No Name that really do sound different from original to modern. But this one just hits all the same notes as the original, but it just, like, modernises it. It just gives it a new twist, and it sounds really good. Like you said, you know, if, if Timberland is, is the guy that was behind the production on the original, then he deserves some plaudits, because he's done a fantastic Well, not on the original. The original's 1989, my No, man. no, I, I <laughs> meant the modern version, sorry. Yeah. It's very difficult to keep track of modern and the original on this album. It's very strange. Um, Okay, so uh, I'm going to now stop playing Saves the Rhythm and we are going to get into number six, which is... Ah, here we go. Do you know where your children are? Okay, this is the song that was my favorite on the entire album. However, and this is the most complete song, I think, on the entire album. I mean, it seemed like it was done when you listened to the true original version. Again, the true original version has Slash at the end of it. Mm Um... But I understand why they never released it. Michael Jackson, over his career, has tackled some controversial subjects. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I. The thing is, when, when he sings a song which is about child abuse to an extent, and I think I remember this being about child abuse. Um, well, uh, the first verse is just like, a uh, girl runs away, do you know where your children are? And it's like, oh, that's cute. And then the second one is like, tired of stepdaddy abusing her. It's like, ooh, yeah. ooh wait, wait a second. Then you get to the, the final, like, this is my problem with both the original and quote-unquote original versions. They downplay, okay, I mentioned on Twitter how Dirty Diana is my probably my favorite Michael Jackson song mm. because it builds into this big final reveal of the final line of the verse. This song does it as well, but it hides it under the production. The very last lines are about how she runs off to Hollywood, becomes a prostitute, selling her body to men, and when the police arrest her, they find out the very last lines Michael Jackson sings in a big voice, she's only 12 years old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it, it's powerful subject matter, and unfortunately, given Michael Jackson's history, it does come across as... You know, he, he was found innocent, or not guilty rather, you know, let's just put that out front. But there, there are always going to be people that say that when you've got enough money, you can get out of any kind of situation. <clears throat> O.J. Simpson. Um, yeah, but the so- problem is with both versions is that the modern version completely downplays the seriousness of the, of the subject matter. Well, with the like yeah. uh, baseline going throughout it, it's mm. trying to make it like a funky dance song. Yeah. And granted, both the orig- true original and non-original version kind of downplay the seriousness of the tone, try to hide it under the, mm. the beat, but this one kind of almost does away with it completely. Yeah. And I mean, th- my problem the original with the original version, version yeah. if I guess if you want to cue that one up, there is throughout the beat, they decide to do this weird clicking noise throughout as the song going, oh, like, yeah, the, like uh, everybody's like, yeah. And I'm like, I hate that. Whose production idea is that? I, I know that it's not something. Michael's because it's not in the original version. No, I, <laughs> I, God knows, God knows who was doing what during that. But um, I don't know. I, I really like both versions of this song. Um, I'm kind of, I'm more of a person that will listen to the music over the lyrics, um, which is, you know. Everyone has their own particular thing they listen for. I've got lots of friends that listen to oh, lyrics. No, I, I, I enjoy music as well, which is why, again, like if you want, I can link you to it if you want to play a bit of it. Uh, there's two things that the original does that I think blows the true original, that blows both escape versions out of the water. Right. One of which is already pre, pre, pre-mentioned uh, slash ending. Mm-hmm. But the second is that both these versions, if I'm not mistaken, they don't really, de- like the song just kind of ends. 
while in the true original version, the chorus of Do You Know Where Your Children Are Because It's Not 12 O'Clock fades out with the music dropping out and to, uh, to drive the message home even further. Yeah. Like, mm. In fact, I'm going to share it yeah, with you link, right now. Link me to that. I'm just going to... Uh... I timestamped it, so that, it goes right into slash chorus. Okay, cool. So... <laughs> uh... Let's just bring that you up. You might need to lower your volume. <laughs> oh, I will definitely have to lower my volume, yeah. I do well, like actually, that. Actually, I think I might have went a little too forward, but the best part of the song is the fact that it fades out. Like, if you want to go straight to, like, the last 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. Like you can hear it slowly fade out with that to drive the message home. It's something that very few songs do now. You know, I, I can't think of many albums that I bought in the last 10, 15 years where tracks have consistently faded out rather than just coming to a natural end. Because most singers are now thinking of live versions or uh, radio play, mm. where if you have a song fade out, some DJs like to cut it out the moment it even think to start to fade out. Mm. Mm. They don't let the song fade out. But with a song like this, where you let the message resonate, like that is why. That's why I'm saying uh, neither versions, but this is the best song on the album. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I actually had this down as a draw. Um, I couldn't choose between them. I, I like both of them from a musical point of view. Um, the lyrics, when I did listen to them, because I do try to listen to lyrics, it's just not my priority on most songs. Um, you know, it's it's a very, very powerful message that's being put across there, if some might say slightly hypocritical. Um, but yeah, I, I really do think that this is, like you say, one of the best songs on the album. It's not my favourite, but it's probably in the top three. So yeah, it's uh, it's a draw for me. So, so there yeah, we go. I'm just gonna say, either get the original, the true original version is on the Michael album, the one with Akon on it. Mm. So, if you want to hear the true version of this song, which I think is the best version of its the song, it's there. Okay, so I'm just gonna write down true original for you. So, <laughs> okay, there we go. Uh, right now, um, next up, second to last, the penultimate, if you like long words, on, on the album, uh, it's Blue Gangster, and that's spelled G-A-N-G-S-T-A, because, you know, you got to spell it gangsta. Uh, so here is the uh, the modern version, which came on all albums. And it does take a second. I, I do want to say about Blue Gangster, Blue Gangsta, mm. uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just going to say gangster because it bothers no, that's me saying cool. that. Like I, I'll that. call it gangster as well. <laughs> um, this song is super cool. Uh, the way it's it's done and everything like that. A lot of people have, have said probably the main reason it's not on any of the albums is because it's kind of smooth criminal light. But to an extent, I can see that. But I just the harmonies are fantastic on this. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, but the thing is, even if that's the case, that hasn't stopped Michael before. Um, no. Ghosts and Is It Scary are basically thriller light. And they sound fantastic. Too Bad, dare I say, is better than bad if not for a rap verse by Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, <laughs> oh, Shaq. Play basketball, mate. But uh, the thing, one thing the modern version does is it emphasizes Michael's vocals and all the vocals a lot more than the original does. Mm. 
Yeah, no, it, it then, does. Yeah, it's it's just a super cool song. I just love how it sounds. I really do. Um, a- again, it's something which uh, I've mentioned before uh, on uh, like "Love Never Felt So Good," and um, that was another one. Uh, Place with no name to an extent, I suppose. This just feels kind of like if you listen to the original version, which I'm just going to play now. It's the same sound. Yeah, it's pretty much the same idea, it's just just, got, the, just uh, less emphasis on the vocals, which are the best part of this song. Mm, mm. But the the um, the the instrumental is very similar, just slightly tweaked and updated uh, in in the modern version. The original version, though, is very very strong. Yeah, and the funny thing is, I also mentioned that this song also has a true original version, mm. but again, it sounds the same. Uh, <laughs> it's just a lot more tweaking. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and so like I can't hate on there being a quote unquote original like honestly between the true original and the real original there's very minor differences yeah, yeah. Um, almost negligible differences and so I say for all intents and purposes it doesn't matter because the modern version is the best version I'm with you I'm with you um, so we're agreeing on a lot more of these than I thought we would which is uh, slightly surprising but there we go. Um, I'm surprised that my musical tastes are actually better than I thought. Um, okay. <laughs> well, let's not get carried away, my friend. Oh, we'll probably disagree heartily on this last one, um, which is the title track of the album. Get, let's get rid of Blue Gangster. I've had enough of that misspelt gangster. Um, so we're going to talk now about Escape, And I want to start, actually, I'm going to break um, the... Uh, the way we've been doing this. I'm actually going to start with the original version because it has an intro to it, which is something that Jackson did a lot on his albums. He was very fond of intros to to tracks. And this one is a kind of bit corny and some would say maybe tempting fate to an extent, but here it is. If it will play. I honestly don't remember the intro. Oh, as in he's literally escaping. He's escaping from prison. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> What's well, funny because this song is is an analogy. The very, the chorus goes, "Escape! I gotta get away from the system" or something like that. I can't remember the exact words. Oh, God, but the escape is not a literal <laughs> escape. <laughs> no, no. But I, I, I like this. It's um. It is very it jam. Of. It's very. That's uh, it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is jam. Um, I, it's just it's probably the most Michael Jackson sounding song on the album. Um, this being the original version, of course. Yeah. And I'll say straight up right now, I prefer this version. Um, what's funny is I like everything about this version better, except for the, the swelling horns in the chorus, of the modern version. Uh, the way it sounds, it almost sounds like a very modern earth, wind, and fiery type feel. The way that uh, the modern escape does in the big chorus. The rest of modern escape is uh, whatever. I prefer the original because it is very classic Michael Jackson. But mm. I don't. I like the way the chorus is handled better in the modern version. But I like the rest in terms of the song as a whole. Yeah. I prefer the original. Yeah, I, I think I'm probably with you on that. I'll just play the uh, the modern version as well, so people can just. I mean, the, the most noticeable thing about this is it's kind of, it's not oh, yeah. dubstep. It, 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 it's, it's uh, it's they do, they're doing that really modern hip-hop thing where it's like, 
Do you drink Like, or whatever. Like, I like that, right that bass in up. the background. I don't know what instrument you would call that, but... It's, um... I don't know, it's, like it's kind of a cool sound, but I just, uh... Comparing this, this is this is the thing. I I do love this song, but I love the original even more. This song is fine. Like again, uh, it, it all comes together to me in the chorus. The modern chorus is the best part of this this song. Mm. Uh, the rest of the song, because it sounds like there's these swelling horns and it sounds very modern take on the '70s, which yeah. is I guess what "Love Never Felt So Good" was supposed to be, anyways. Mm. But I don't know. It, it sounds funky. The, the chorus in this version, while the rest, of, while the original version, is very Michael Jackson, for better or worse, for better for the rest of the song, or worse for the chorus. <laughs> no, it's, I, I, um, I, do, I do like this song. I do like it. I just, like I said before, the original version just tops it for me. I, if I'm going to listen to a Michael Jackson album, I want to listen to something that sounds like Michael Jackson, and that includes the way that the song is constructed as much as the lyrics. I want. Well, the... based on how you don't know some of these songs, may I make a suggestion to you? Anybody who wants to hear more Michael Jackson, mm. he has other tracks on his albums besides the singles. Uh, I strongly suggest if people really want more Michael Jackson and they're not familiar with the deep stuff on some of his albums, uh, History is a great example. Uh, there's a lot of really diverse songs out there. Blood on the Dance Floor is probably his most underrated album. Morphine is an amazing song and also kind of creepy in retrospect because the, the bridge of the song talks about Demerol, which is what he... Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. oh, that's uh, that's not good. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, listen to some deep track Michael Jackson stuff if you want more Michael Jackson stuff because mm. there's some stuff on there. Listen to the 25th anniversary version of Bad. There's some really great deep cuts on there that uh, that deserve to be heard. Mm. Um, heck, even like deep cuts off of Bad itself, like the like um, songs that weren't really singles, but I guess thanks to the Moonwalker movie kind of were like uh, – Oh, uh, the Highway song. I forgot what it's called. Speed Demon is oh, probably his, one of his most underrated songs. I love Speed Demon. The video yeah. for that is amazing. Streetwalker. That's the name of the deep cut song that is absolutely fantastic off of Bad. Okay. Uh, yeah, listen to Streetwalker. It is fantastic. I think I've I think I've heard Streetwalker a few times. It rings a bell, the name of the track anyway. But, you know, the, the weird thing is, I, I guess we're kind of wrapped up on the album now um but you know going talking about what you were saying about like picking up history and things like that um history was released at a very kind of bad time in terms of like my musical tastes and and not even my musical tastes so much as just the fact that i was very jaded on jackson at that time because he'd been away for a while there was a lot of controversy surrounding him it was the big comeback and i was just yeah, kind of like history i think is my favorite michael jackson album because it, the first half is a greatest hits album but the second half mm. has scream stranger in moscow little Susie, money uh tabloid junkie mm. that's a mm. bunch of really really good songs on there oh yeah no i'm not disputing that at all it's just yeah it's strange how um depending on you know where you are uh in your own life as well as also looking at how the the tabloids and uh, and the news agencies kind of like portray people rightly or wrongly you kind of fall out of fa- they they kind of fall out of favor with you um and you know i'd been a massive michael jackson fan up and up to and including dangerous and then it kind of like tailed off a little bit um i'm going to have to pick up history though cuz 
you know, I like you, you don't even have to like all you. I'm going to give you five songs. These are the only five songs you really need to look because the, the whole album is good. But I think these are the five best songs on there. Hmm. And I think probably in his like top 20 songs of all time. I'm sure you're probably already familiar with Scream. Yes. Uh, Stranger in Moscow. Right. Uh, Tabloid Junkie. Money. And Little Susie, which if you want to talk about Jackson covering t- controversial topics, how about Child Murder? Uh, <laughs> oh, no, wait. Let me scratch that. They Don't Care About Us. That's okay. another one that's absolutely fantastic. Let's call it a top another six. one of him uh, talk, tackling rather controversial subject matter. <laughs> <laughs> Heck, there's the song actually, despite him trying to make it, make it an anti-slur song, uh, he uses them to emphasize the fact that these are bad words, mm. which got – even though that was that's the point, people got upset because he uses uh, – few naughty words there <laughs> well it's not like jackson to do that normally so i think yeah he can be like forgiven, yeah you know? like he, he i'm not going to say any of them because like it's, it's no no it's degrading to white people jewish people black people but that's the point <laughs> yeah 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 no that's fair enough um well i think we all learned something today and <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're coming to the end of our allotted time. Uh, for those people who aren't in the know, we're actually off to record a yeah. We're we're killing time now. to we're about to record Generation Animation right now. We are indeed. Um, so we're going to wrap this up so that we can um, go and take a comfort break and whatnot. And uh, we shall uh, we should speak. There's to you a soon. few good songs on Escape, uh, but the best ones are you could just. I don't recommend the album as a whole. Listen to what you like. Pay for the songs that are good. I, I think out of the entire album, I've got five, yeah, five tracks from the standard album, like new modern versions of the tracks, if you will, that I uh, that I preferred over the original versions, and uh, that leaves me with four because there was a draw on one of them. I've got four tracks, so it's basically it's fifty fifty. Um, yeah, if you're I would a Michael say, Jackson fan, yeah, yeah, check it out for yourself. Yeah, yeah, and with that. Take it easy. Goodbye. We'll uh, talk more bullshit soon, I'm sure.